For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions, and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in the present age, waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of, our, of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people for his own possession who are zealous for good works. And so ends the reading of God's word. And let's ask our God to bless it. Let's pray together. Father, thank you that you speak to us through your word and particularly through the preached word. Lord, I pray that you would be with us by your spirit this morning, that you would give us ears to hear. Would you give me the words to speak? Would you teach us and encourage us this morning with these words from this letter from Paul, that we might glorify you and we might behold the glory of our Savior, Jesus Christ. We pray these things in his name. Amen. You may be seated. This here in verse 11, brothers and sisters, is the glory of the incarnation of our Savior, Jesus Christ. For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people. It's fairly simple, or appears to be a simple statement. Very basic, easy for us to grasp, but it is a dense, compressed uh, package of theological treasure, so it's good for us to mine it and see what gold the Lord might have for us here in it. And he begins by saying, the grace of God has appeared. The grace of God. Now, grace is a word that we speak of frequently in the context of the church, and I hope you understand what grace is. I trust that you do, and yet uh, far too often, I think we can give a scent and we can recognize what grace is far easier than we can articulate what grace is. And grace, of course, has to do with favor and blessing. We desire, we all long for the blessing that comes from favor. It's how our, our lives operate on a day-to-day basis. We want the favor of others. We want the blessing of others. It's what drives us in the workplace. We want the favor, we work for the favor of our employer so that we will receive the blessing of maintaining our job and getting a promotion, getting a raise, that year-end bonus. We want the favor of our customers. So we work to earn their favor so that we would have the blessing of their business. And students, you And I have worked for the favor of our teachers because we want when we turn in a project and we get that back, we get our exams back, we want the blessing of seeing a good grade and the favor of having done the good work that is necessary. And in this world that we live in, favor, blessing, it is something that we merit. It's something that we work for. Even from an early age, we're taught that we have to work for what is good. We need to put in the good work and merit that which is good. But grace is something altogether different. Grace is not wage. Grace is is not a salary. Grace is a gift. Grace has to do with something good, something, a blessing, but it's a blessing, it's a favor that we don't deserve. 
That's the way I like to think of it. It is good things that we want, favor, blessing that we don't deserve. Now, it pairs well with mercy, so much so that sometimes we confuse grace and mercy together, and they're very similar, and yet at the same time, they're quite different. Mercy is, in some ways, the opposite of grace. If grace is getting something that is a blessing that we don't deserve, mercy is not getting the punishment or not getting the negative consequence that we do deserve. You commit a crime. If you or I commit a crime, we deserve to be punished. We deserve to go to jail or to prison. We don't want that punishment. We want mercy. Because if we receive mercy, that means we don't deserve or don't receive that which we do deserve. But of course, mercy is not something that we can earn. We can't buy mercy. Mercy itself is a gift that must be given to us. We can ask for mercy, but someone must give it to us. And so, in one sense, mercy is grace. It's the grace of mercy. And of course, the greatest mercy, the greatest grace that has ever been bestowed is what we have received in Jesus Christ because the book of Romans says that the wages of sin, in other words, that which we deserve, that which we have earned, that which we have merited by our sin and all have sinned, the wages of that sin is death. But the gift, the gift of God is eternal life. So there's mercy in that gift. There's mercy because we are not getting the death that we do deserve. There's also grace in that we are receiving the gift of life, eternal life in Christ Jesus. But what this says is that the grace of God has appeared. Whether or not we admit to the existence or the belief of God. At the heart of all of us, every man created in the image of God is a desire for the grace of God or for the merit or for the, I'm sorry, for the, for the favor and the blessing of God. What could be greater than the blessing of the Almighty God, the one who has created the heavens and the earth, the one who has created us in his image, the one from whom all blessings flow? We long for it. We desire it. We desire his favor. There's nothing more precious than to hear the words, the Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you. May the Lord smile upon you. May he be gracious to you. That is a precious gift that we have that our God, that God would be gracious to us, that he would show his favor, that he would lavish us with blessing. But we want that grace because we can't earn his favor. We can't earn those blessings. But what this passage says is that the grace of God has appeared the grace of God has appeared. That's kind of a curious way of putting it, isn't it? When we t- typically think about grace, we think about grace as a heart attitude. 
resulting in actions and gracious effects. We want God to be gracious to us. That's a heart attitude of grace, of love. And then he acts in grace. And then there's the effects, the gracious result, the gracious gift. And yet this says the grace of God has appeared. I don't think we'd say it like that if we're talking about a heart attitude or a disposition or actions. We might say the grace of God was manifested, we saw it, or the grace was affected upon God's people. But this says the grace of God has appeared. And what's more, this, this grace has appeared doing things, bringing salvation, training us in verse 12. This, this is a grace that acts, that has it seems personal, even a person. What is this grace but the very Son of God incarnate, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? That pass, that ver, uh, the word that uh, is there in this verse where it says the grace of God has appeared, it's not like a PowerPoint presentation, the, the appear transition where it just pops up. It's not like that at all. It's more of an appearance as uh, in, the, in the dark of night when the first dawning light begins to come across, over the horizon. That light appears. It is a light that radiates, that illumines, that brightens. That's the word that is here. This is an appearance that brings grace, that brings light. And this is exactly what Zechariah, the father of John the Baptist, said of the Lord Jesus Christ, that he was coming. And when, around the time when Zechari- or John was born, Zechariah said this to his infant son. He said, And you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people in the forgiveness of their sins, because of the tender mercy of our God, whereby the sunrise shall visit us from on high to give light to those who sit in darkness and the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. The sunrise from on high. That's the very Lord Jesus Christ, the very Son of God incarnate. As the Apostle John said, The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. We have seen His glory. Glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. In Him was life, and the light. Life was the light of man. Or as He said, Jesus said later, as He was grown and in His ministry, He said, I am the light of the world. And here He is. He's appeared. And so this grace of God... It's none other than the Lord Jesus Christ. Or as John said, he's full of grace and truth. From his fullness, we've all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. And here's the difficult truth for us to understand, beloved. In God's world, these blessings of God, things that we might 
ascribe an impersonal or abstract sense. Things such as knowledge, wisdom, truth, salvation, peace. Those things are not impersonal blessings. Those things are personal blessings that come by the person of Jesus Christ. He is the grace of God. He is the source of all blessing. He is the one that brings it to us. And that grace has appeared, Paul wrote. And that grace brings salvation. Again, that's a kind of a weird way of putting it, isn't it? This grace of God bringing salvation. We would normally talk about uh, what Jesus did as he accomplished salvation. Or he uh, purchased salvation. He lavished salvation upon us. But it says that he... This, this grace appeared bringing salvation. In what way did the Lord Jesus Christ bring salvation? Well, friends, just as the Lord Jesus Christ is the grace of God who has appeared, so also Jesus Christ is our salvation. We just read that from the book of Luke. That's what Simeon declared for us. Simeon, that devout man, who the Lord had revealed to him that he was not going to die before he saw the Lord's Christ. He was waiting, he was praying, he was eagerly anticipating the appearing of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the parents brought Jesus to the temple in order to fulfill the responsibilities of the law. And he took the child and he said, Lord, you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples. He didn't say, my eyes have seen your Savior, the one you have appointed to be my Savior. He didn't say the one who has come to accomplish salvation. He said, my eyes have seen your salvation. What does that mean? What it means, beloved, is that for us to have any salvation, we must have that salvation in Jesus Christ. We, we must somehow be in him. We, we must be somehow connected to him. It's not like he came and dropped off salvation and left. And now the, the salvation act is an act of the past. It's an, a historical event that we just have to believe that that happened and that's where our salvation is. No, no. He brought salvation. That salvation is here and it's in him. In him is the grace of God. In him is every spiritual blessing. And if we want any blessing from God, any favor from God, we want any grace of God, any salvation, any wisdom, it is found in Jesus Christ. We need to figure out how to get in him. It's, he's, he's like the ark, the ark of, uh, of Noah, where Noah was commanded to build this ark in God said, build the ark, and in the ark you will be saved. But you've got to get in the ark. That's the place of salvation. Jesus Christ is our salvation. He is our ark. We need to figure out how to get in that 
ark into that salvation. But notice there's this, this, this is an incomplete sense to it too. It's, it's, it feels incomplete by what Paul is saying. He says the grace of God has appeared, bringing it, bringing salvation. He actually doesn't say that there's anybody that actually received that salvation, that actually was saved. But it's appeared. Salvation, beloved, is in Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ came, and it says that it's a salvation that is for all people. But that doesn't mean that all people were saved. What Paul seems to be saying, what he's clearly saying, is that that grace has appeared in Jesus Christ. And in order for us to behold that salvation, in order for us to obtain that salvation, our faith must be not in our faith, not in our works, but in the grace of God unto salvation. Our faith must be in the person. It is by faith that we are entering into the Lord Jesus Christ by faith, that we are in him by faith, and he becomes in us. We are united to him, and we are saved in him, but it, is, it requires us to see. See, the grace of God has appeared but it's not that all have seen it. You ever consider that? Beloved, that Jesus came. He didn't, he wasn't hidden. He was in full display. God's grace has been appeared. Even when he died on the cross, it was in public view of all the world. It was seen. Throughout the ages, the gospel has been in public view. The grace of God has appeared. And he brought salvation for all people. There, there's, there's no other way to receive the grace of God. There's no other salvation. This is the way, and yet we must see him. Jesus said, come to me. He appeared, but he said, come to me. We have to come to him. When he began his earthly ministry, Philip found Jesus, and he went and talked to Nathaniel. And he said to Nathaniel, he said, I, th- I think this is the Christ. And he's, he's, he's Jesus of Nazareth. And Nathaniel said, Nazareth? Did anything come from Nazareth? And Philip said, come and see. Come and see. And when Jesus was born, he wasn't born in the fields of Bethlehem. He was born in a house, in a manger. But the angels appeared to the shepherds, and they were terrified. And the angels said, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. So there's a sign. There's a baby in a manger. What do the shepherds say? Let's go and see. Jesus Christ, the very Son of God, the very grace of God has appeared. And he's brought salvation for all people. And the scriptures tell us, go and see. Go and look. 
Go and behold him. Beloved, have you seen? Have you seen the Lord Jesus Christ? Not just as a historical figure, not as a theological construct, but have you seen the Lord Jesus Christ, the very Son of God given for us, the very Son of God who took on human flesh for us so that he could become like us, so that he could be a mediator for us, that he could extend to us, offer up to us the very grace of God. Grace of God. And in him, so much so in him that he is the grace of God. As Paul says, in him we have every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms. Beloved, the the truth is, is that for us, even for us who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, who have seen the Lord Jesus Christ, we have a very dim view. A few months ago, we had that solar eclipse um, that was in in the middle of a Saturday afternoon or Saturday morning, and uh, you probably had those solar eclipse glasses, which were so, uh, if you looked at anything else, you couldn't see hardly anything through them, but they were, they were safe enough to look at the solar eclipse. But when you did, it was, it was, it was just so obscured and faint that uh, because that's all that would be permitted in order to protect your eyes from the, blind, from the brightness and the glory of, of the sun. And beloved, there is, there is a reality to the fact that 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 is as good as we can behold who the Son of God is. He came clothed in human garb, in weakness and frailty. And even in our mind's eye, even when we have the revelation of the, the Spirit to, to, to open our minds and to behold Him, we, it's so faint. And yet, that is... That is where our hope is. That is, that is where our, our faith rests on him and understanding who he is and understanding our place in God's world and in his family and in his kingdom is found in Christ Jesus. So we must behold him and try to understand him and see him more clearly. I would, I would assert to you that the whole of Christian of the Christian life is seeking to understand who Christ is better to understand his glory his majesty his humility his authority his sovereignty the, the surety of his commands are you are you looking to the Lord Jesus Christ and do you understand that he is the grace of God you, you can't merit God's favor. You can't merit his blessings. We so quickly forget. We so quickly say, oh yeah, I believe in Jesus, and now I'm going to be nice. Now I'm going to be good because that's what I need to do in order to earn God's favor. Oh no, beloved. No, Jesus Christ is the grace of God, and he's been given to you as a gift. God adores you in Jesus Christ. Look at him. Find, hide yourself in him. But the reality is, beloved, he, is, he has appeared 
for all mankind to see. But not all do see, do they? Some, some of us, some, many, maybe most of mankind, they're not looking through solar eclipse safety glasses, they're looking through a blindfold. We're born that way, and it's, it is a, we're, it's impossible for us to see. The Apostle Paul spoke of this in 2 Corinthians. He says that even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. In their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. Beloved, it must be God who lifts the veil, God who takes off the blindfold. So understand this, if you have even the faintest appearance, if you see even the faintest glimpse of who Jesus Christ is, praise God, you have received the grace of God in Jesus Christ. You have salvation in Jesus Christ. Now draw near. Draw near and behold him. Come, let us behold him. As we sing, and Paul said, he said, for God who said, let light shine out of the darkness has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. It is God who shines that light so that we will see the light in the face of Jesus Christ. And that salvation is ours. But beloved, it is true, is it not? Scripture attests to it. We feel it. We Claim, we cling to the fact that we have salvation in Jesus Christ. He has accomplished it. The grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people, and yet our salvation is not complete. I don't feel it. I don't feel the fullness of that salvation. There's a longing and an ache and a pain and a sorrow and a sadness. Where is this salvation? We are in an advent, a time of waiting. But it's coming. Kids, did you see it? That second? First, it's the grace of God has appeared. And then in verse 13, waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. That is our hope. We are between these two appearings, between these two advents. That's where we're going to camp out in this sermon series over the next few weeks. Grace has come. We must remain in him. We must walk in him. We must live in him. Our salvation is a present reality, even as it is a future reality. And beloved, lest you look at this and say, well, no kidding, Jesus, this gospel is in Jesus. Yeah, this is a pretty pretty basic, pretty light and trivial reality, beloved Is there, anything, is there anything more marvelous than every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms? Every blessing of God himself, the, the one from whom all blessings flow, opening up the, the arsenal, the floodgates of every spiritual blessing. It's right there. In Christ Jesus. Is there anything more profound than 
He is the grace of God. Can you wrap your heart around that to see that every blessing is in him? Is there anything more astounding and more wonderful than every spiritual blessing is ours in Jesus Christ? That we are in him and that he is in us and that as we meet, as righteousness and grace kiss each other, we have every blessing, we have every protection, every bit of hope, every bit of knowledge and wisdom and food. It's as if our God says, the banquet has been set before us and it's in him we can feast. There's nothing more. It's all there. Come, taste, and see that the Lord is good. And is there any more essential question than to ask, have, how do I receive this grace? What does it mean for me to find this grace in Jesus Christ? And am I doing it? Am I living in it? Have I received this grace that has been offered to me? Oh, beloved, this is the glory of the incarnation of Jesus Christ, that God has sent his son, yes, but that the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people. This is, this is the glory of the incarnation because he is the glory of the incarnation. He is our salvation. He is the grace of God poured out for us, beloved. He is the radiance of the glory of the invisible God. He's, he has appeared. And all this can be ours if we only receive it with the eyes of faith. May the Lord give us eyes to see and the heart to receive that we might be blessed in him. Let's pray together. Lord, thank you that you have given us your son, Jesus Christ. Oh, what, a, what a mystery uh, this is to us to grasp that all these things could be ours in Christ Jesus. Help us to move beyond the words of that. Help us to understand in the, the recesses of our hearts what that is, but help us to draw near. Would you help Jesus to come into fuller focus? Would you help us to find our everything in him? Would you help us to rejoice in the grace that is ours in him? by the power of his spirit dwelling within us, according to your gracious covenant, which you have extended to us and you've fulfilled in him. Lord, thank you for all these things. Help us to worship you as recipients of this grace. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen.